Hello and welcome to The Rabbit Hole, the Definitive Developers Podcast in the fantabulous Chelsea, Manhattan. I'm your host, Michael Nunez. Our co-host today, Dave Anderson. And today, we'll be talking about whether comments are considered harmful or are comments considered helpful. It's a double-edged sword. Truly is a double-edged sword. Gotta watch out. Yeah. Sometimes I run into comments and code and I'm like, okay, well, get get ready for this. Hold on to your seats because I got to read this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love, I love the comments that kind of apologize for things they've done. It's just like, oh... I'm sorry. Like the first line is, I'm sorry that it's a line break. And then like a paragraph of what it is. <laughs> those are always good. Yeah. I I was looking online for some, some funny comments and I, I found one that was like, you could just tag something with like magic. Do not touch. <laughs> <laughs> or <laughs> drunk. We'll fix later. Oh, I've seen, I've seen. Holy crap. WTF is this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That, it, yeah, that like puts some empathy on it. Oh, yeah. No, no, it's great. Yeah, there's. I'm pretty sure there are many different comments you may have run along in your careers. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's funny, too, because like, it's something that is really, really common to every programmer and everyone kind of relates to. Remember like when Microsoft source code got leaked that for for Windows, like in the early 2000s, people kind of poured through that to find what kind of comments they had. And there was there was some stuff in there. It's not like people were trying to figure out how certain problems were solved. It was like, no, we're going to check out for the comments. <laughs> this is where the gold is, guys. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a day z- looking for a day zero hack or anything. Like, yeah. I, just, I, I want the lulls. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, in, I'm all in for the lulls. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I guess there are a couple of things that comments are are definitely useful for. I mean, a, a common thing that I see a lot of is like using a, to track pending tasks, like a to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, initially, like I was kind of like, I, I don't know if I'm completely on board with this because I feel like you could end up with a lot of these in your code base where initially it's it's good intentions and you're like okay well i'm gonna i'm gonna make this better later but then if you never actually do make it better it's just like a document of shame that you have to live with like you're like oh yeah i never i never made it better (laughs) it's just there or maybe you do make it better better and then like no one is like ambitious enough to remove the comment and then the comment's kind of lying to you or like i've definitely seen some some things where it's like to do please test miss this and then it's like, wait, I just wrote like three tests for this thing, like additional tests. So. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone just writes tests for that thing. And it's like, wait, we that's been covered many a times already. Right. <laughs> I do think that like, yeah, so if that if you if that to do exists for a while, then you're you're the one who's blamed in a get blame when someone wants to say i'm sure there are people like all right let's see who wrote this and then you get shamed that way or you have a to-do that (laughs) exists for x amount of time i think like if you work in an engineering culture that allows you to go after the to-dos that you write maybe they're not that harmful but like 90 percent of the time you write a to-do and you don't really go back to it which is which is kind of not fun because maybe there's something you wrote it to do because you were drunk or you wanted to refactor <laughs> something right like you could write a test that covers that thing and if you want to refactor it but if you don't have time to refactor it maybe it'll slip through the cracks right know? yeah yeah i guess there 
it's it's kind of a measured thing like maybe if you're if you're pushing really hard and you're taking on tech debt and you want people to like be wary of patterns that you've introduced that are are bad i i think that's that's something that kind of changed my mindset a little bit on it because like if you're on a team with a lot of uh, junior developers who kind of like are learning the ropes from the things that you've done it can be helpful to like leave a signpost and be like wait maybe think twice before like imitating this particular thing like we're we're going to make this better like this is this is a long-term plan right one of the things that i've thought would be a good idea but doesn't really work out to my to my advantage is actually writing a pending test when something needs to be done oh yeah so rather yeah, than sure. writing a to do i would write a test and then make it pending so that when you run the test suite you'll see you know, X amount has succeeded, you have zero failures, and you have three pending. And you're like, oh, snap. All right, well, we got to f- make sure that those three pending are actually created and run so that they fail so that you implement it. But then they may stay pending forever because you may never actually build the thing you thought <laughs> you needed to do in the first place. Right. Yeah, yeah. I guess if it's, if it's, if it's a feature and it's not important now, then maybe you're not going to need it in the future. We spoke about Yagni many a times. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you're not going to need it. Yagni. <laughs> there you go. My Yagni. Maybe you're not going to need it. Soften it up, you know, but maybe you need it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you're not going to need it. But uh, yeah. So I think like one of the one of the things that uh, Dave pointed out is to, you know, make sure you write like a user story that may force your development team to fulfill that to do. Yeah. I mean, because these, these are both like pretty good alternatives to writing it to do in, in code you can like you said like leave the pending test so it's there every single time you run it like poking at you or like you know work with product to have a story and prioritize the the, the future work yeah so I, I guess like when you're prioritizing a story rather than writing a pending test it, it it can be easier to prioritize something like that if it really is a feature that's like driving value to the users versus being a tech debt. Because then you, I guess we've we've talked about tech debt in the past and you, you can very quickly accrue a mountain of stories that is like a similar document of shame as like your, your to-do items in the code, which is in Jira instead. Yeah, and then you then have to work with your product person and your project manager to work in some of those to-dos and those tech debts that needs to be paid down that's on Jira. And then by that, by working on that, it's visible for everyone to know that this work needs to get done. I think one of the misleading thing about to-dos is that it leaves it up to the developer to take time out to do that and kind of have to sneak this refactoring in. But if you have it on a Jira board where the entire team can see it, then everyone is aware that this work needs to get done. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. I guess it, it increases visibility to the people who are prioritizing the work. I guess a converse argument, man, yeah, I'm going back and forth on this. So like, <laughs> <laughs> like if your goal is to fold in tech debt and refactor work as you're going, as opposed to writing a story and prioritizing that on the board and testing and QAing tech debt only, related stories where it's just a refactor if the two do exist in the code base then people can kind of live by the scouts rule maybe and as they're working on a feature they can see the signposts that have been left for them and clean things up also ship a useful feature right 
Yeah, so it, it could it could work either way, and there are some pros and cons between the two. Yeah, because the as you mentioned, the scouts rule. You know, leave it better <laughs> than how you. What is it? Leave it better than you found. Than it. you found it. Yeah, you leave it better than you found it. Then uh, the code will will be cleaned eventually. Right. You can tell I wasn't a Boy Scout, I guess. No. <laughs> <laughs> they got Boy Scouts in the Bronx? Nah, I don't know. I mean, they might. I'm not sure. I never subscribed <laughs> to one, but I'm sure they have them. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a trade-off as all things. It's, you know, it's always a land of maybes. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a back and forth. My recommendation is I do like the idea of the visibility across all the teams to let everyone know. Mm-hmm. That this work needs to get done, and yeah. that we should schedule some time for that. And it, and you definitely have to play by ear with your team to know whether it's the visibility is there for you to do that, or is it just, or do you just leave it in the comments and then tear it down soon after Boy Scouts rule, rather the Scouts rule along the way. Yeah, I guess if yeah, if you're leaving, if you leave those comments in there, you, you do want to make sure that you're going back and addressing it at some point, maybe purging any any to-dos that are no longer needed they've they've determined to be the nagnes or yagnes <laughs> the yagnes like we definitely didn't need it yeah <laughs> whatever that, however you pronounce that yeah we definitely didn't need it <laughs> that, with dadnes yeah but I, I guess like the other thing that comments are often used for is documentation yeah right like kind of describing the why or maybe the how if something's really complicated for for mm-hmm. a particular bit of code. I think that usually if I see comments like in the code, the person didn't utilize the idea of writing more tests to describe the problem that's at hand. Oftentimes, I find that the test can do a much better job explaining what it, what that particular function can and can't do. Yeah, to know why it behaves the way that it does where you don't need to read the comments to understand it. Yeah, that's interesting. It kind of comes back to a similar point that we had when we were talking about like pending tasks. The tests can be a form of documentation for for that as well, for for how things work or why things are the way they are. Right. I think that um, if you are to be elaborate and very descriptive in your tests and your code is clear enough and, you know, legible to read and understand what's happening then you may not even need that comment after all and it just, it may even confuse the person even more reading the comment and then looking at the function especially if you have like a bdd style framework where you can kind of have like nested contexts that build up to a spec that reads pretty well like english yeah i i i remember when i learned ruby for the first time and started using bdd after working with testing mainly in python prior to that and it's kind of a revelation because like naming testing in python is often an exercise in just like making a really long string of (laughs) snake case words (laughs) like you know having having those different like kind of nested contexts is is really nice for for documentation yeah i think uh ruby does a really good job at being able to be expressive in the English, in the testing framework to make it read like the English language to understand what's happening. Yeah, which is definitely a skill in itself to, to write the right kind of description. One of the problems I do see with comments as well is that oftentimes if the event that the function was refactored or made clear 
by a refactor in the function itself, the comment doesn't get updated. Yeah. And it just it's just a stale comment that doesn't really align with what the function is now doing. And yeah. then that causes a lot more confusion. Yeah, there's there's that quote that I really like where a comment is the only kind of code that can lie to you. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good one. Because if you if you look at code and and a computer looks at code, it's going to ignore the comment and it's going to do the thing that the code says it should do. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that is a great quote. That yeah. is a great quote. But I, I guess the same thing is true for test descriptions as well. Like the the body of the test is definitely relevant and if you if you can clearly and concisely understand that as a documentation then that's good. Mm-hmm. I mean there's there's definitely cases where you look at the like description for a test and right. it's just been copy pasted like from man. some other method yeah. or like from some other class or even in the same class three times and it just says something that's completely unhelpful. Yeah, oh good old copy pasta. I always get <laughs> I always get burned with the copy pasta from time to time. Yeah. And even even I myself may wanna copy paste some things with some changes, but then I forget the body and then when I review it in a pull request and I'm like, oh no, the body's the same. I have to change what it's actually doing. Yeah. It, it, it can be really bad. Yeah, the perils of a tanks developer. Just 10x copy pasta. Yeah, copy pasta driven <laughs> development, boys. That's that's what we're doing here. Yeah, CPDD. Yeah. One of the comments that I may not be totally against is when someone has to use the important flag in CSS. Like, I kind of want to know why (laughs) you're doing such a thing in the first place. Because I know the person who might have written that already feels shameful about it. Right. About writing it, it a does feel like a defeat. <laughs> so like, you you got to defend yourself as to why that important was there. I mean, oftentimes if you're using a CSS framework or whatever, yeah, and component you have, libraries. Yeah, you got to you got to you know override something and then it's like, "All right, well, well what's going on here? You got to you better have, <laughs> you got some explaining to do." <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty true. I mean, it's yeah, possible. I guess also like for like Yes, lint overrides too if you're doing like a disabled next line. Yeah. Like maybe just, you know, what's up? Yeah. Why, why you, what's going on with your life? Exactly. Why, <laughs> why are you disabling ES lint across the entire file? I need, I, I need to know these things. Oh, what's yeah. going Don't on? Do Don't do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. But I like linting a lot and it makes me sad when you just see global disables in a file. Just yeah. Disable it in line. Tell me, tell me what's up. Which line was the one that that did the bad thing <laughs> yeah exactly which one broke the camel's back which forced you to, <laughs> right. to, to, to disable all of the lint <laughs> yeah I, I guess like besides like testing documentation like the code itself can can be good documentation and mm-hmm. if you're if you're breaking it down into really small focus methods with good names then hopefully you know your 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 wonderful code can read close to english language as well yeah, no, that I, I definitely agree. That is a, a good method to avoid comments altogether. It's just to write very descriptive function names or variable names so that the user or the developer can understand what's going on. Yeah, yeah like something I was working on today, like we had all this complicated logic in this method and we're basically trying to take a set of filters to a database query and then apply it there was so much logic and then we, we extracted it all out, ended up with two things. It was just like, okay, 
this is what I'm going to do when I'm going to apply the filters. I'm going to reset the pagination yep. to page one mm-hmm. and I'm going to apply the filters. And it's like, oh, well, this is really easy. It's, it's <laughs> two lines. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Those are the good, t- the good times. Definitely <laughs> the good times. Yeah. But I guess like in, in some cases, you you do need comments as documentation. Mm-hmm. Like Although like having them in, in cases where you might be able to get away with documentation in the form of a test or in the form of like a factored method is, is a bit of a smell. But there's some good good forms of documentation. Like like if you are using like documentation generating tool, mm-hmm. that can be pretty awesome to, you know, have that kind of uh, standardized documentation in, in, in your public APIs, for example, like if you're using something like Swagger or GraphQL, that's, that's going to be a really useful reference for future people. Right. Because you have, using Swagger as an example, there will be people who are using your API that didn't build the API itself. So people want to understand how to use it. And I think like that as a form of documentation can be very useful across the code base or across the users who are going to use your API. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What are some other automatically created documentation that uses comments? Yeah, Sphinx is pretty popular for Python. A lot of people use that to generate like read the doc style uh, documentation for their projects. Mm. And I mean, from the very start of my programming career, Javadoc. Oh, yes. <laughs> I completely <laughs> forgot about Javadoc. Yeah, you get all the annotations, yeah. you put your author, like, you know, what you ate for lunch. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> what inspired you right. to write this function? <laughs> at, at your hopes and yeah. your dreams. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, Javadoc is really cool because, like, I mean, you use an IDE and it kind of, you can hover over that function and it just gives you, like, a pretty thing of all the stuff and things yeah. you ate for lunch yeah <laughs> I, just, I just think that like when it when it comes down to like if the java doc had a comment where it's like i'm sorry that's when i feel bad like all right this, that that don't apologize <laughs> oh, to me oh, oh, be sad if your id is apologizing for the method <laughs> signature or something <laughs> exactly yeah um, but it, it always felt kind of cool too when you could like generate the documentation and it looked exactly the same as like the java standard library documentation oh, yeah. let's yeah. Say, oh, okay i'm doing real th- code things but yeah like i guess besides that readmes are not really like living inside the comment in the, inside the code but are kind of a commentation on the code and super useful mm-hmm. i was just looking at a project that i had done like two years ago and i was like oh i think i hosted this on heroku i wonder what the url is it's like no not in the readme one <laughs> <What> readme <laughs> Only Heroku knows. Oh, man. How many dinos exist right now on Heroku that aren't being used? Yeah. One right. must wonder. All right. I've worked at a... I've seen an example of readmes being used in, in React where every component lived in a folder. And the folder structure was the component, its test, and a readme that describes some of the things of what this component does. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, and that's like a really nice way of separating out like the code from the comments. And that way you can have in a markdown file all the descriptions of these functions, what it does, without having many lines of code written in comments that makes the, the file very, very big. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess with that... I. I feel like I would find it challenging to keep 
that like fully up to date all the time. So I, I, I would try to keep that pretty terse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just like thinking about all of the different containers that I worked with today. Yeah. And I, I can see how it would get very confusing without some level of like documentation about what the relation of all these things are together. But for a refactor, it would be challenging. I guess there's also like storybook. We, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And I find that, that to be a pretty good form of documentation too that everyone can kind of look at. There's some good plugins that will even like auto-generate some nice things about your prop types and yeah. how you wrote the code to for the story that's showing and you know shows the actual component on the page in addition to all that too. We've been talking about comments for some time and I'm curious, what kind of comments did you run into? I'd love to hear what people have to say about these comments yeah what what story is your code telling you exactly like, please please tweet us yeah tweet us at uh radio free rabbit i'd love to hear it i'll probably share some throughout the week and we'll definitely start going banter <laughs> on who has the best comments in their code base which is not good i think we, we both agree <laughs> both dave and i agree trying to use comments very sparingly only when necessary if you really need to check to see if you have the appropriate test that would explain what this function is doing yeah or be very descriptive about the functions that you're writing so you don't have to write comments and don't program when you're drunk and leave to do's <laughs> <laughs> right but if, if you do need to leave a, a comment to really elaborate on some really specific like domain knowledge or something else that isn't really captured then that's that's awesome like you know put that in there but just be wary of the comment that is not updated yeah Uh, i want to give a quick shout out to stride stride has a meetup called nyc tech debates they've had their first one recently and it was about established companies versus startups in hiring and how do these companies hire and what is the process? What does that look like? Why people would be interested in joining a startup versus a company that's been established for many, many years. It was uh, pretty cool. I had the opportunity to meet some people out there at the meetup. If you were there, shout outs to you. I mean, hopefully I will see all of you in the next meetup that will happen on April 17th. And it's going to talk about retaining women in technology and what are some of the best practices. We have the CTO of meetup.com and the CTO of the New York Times to talk about what are some of the strategies into retaining and having diverse development teams, including women and non-binary individuals. So feel free to come out, come on down. You can find out more information at nyctechdebates.com. I believe their Twitter is nyctechdebates. Feel free to hit them up and follow. And hopefully we'll see you there. The last one had a ton of people for networking at the very beginning. And then there's I missed food. it, but I, I, I definitely want to check out the next one. It sounds awesome. Yeah, it was it was a really, really good time. The space was was amazing. You can find more information on the website. There was pizza. There was uh you gotta have LaCroix and some okay. water, that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, you gotta as have long those as it's not coconut. I'm yeah. there. <laughs> exactly. No coconuts for us. Just, uh, just get us the LaCroix, get us the pizza and the debate itself was really, really interesting because you get to see two different sides and like two different strategies, right? Like yeah. you have you know, a company that's been established for many years versus a startup. And what's that like? Like, why would people be interested in one versus the other? And then people going back and forth. It was really cool. And I'm looking forward to the next one. Again, there'll be more information on the next one at nyctechdebates.com. 
feel free to check that out. Let's keep the conversation going on Twitter. Follow us now at Radio Free Rabbit. Like what you hear? Give us a five-star review. It helps developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole. And never miss an episode. Subscribe now, however you listen to your favorite podcast. On behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my amazing co-host, Dave Anderson, and me, your host, Michael Nunez. Thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole.